This is sounds from Ukraine now. Звук из України зараз. Welcome to Sounds from Ukraine Now. Uh, this is a, a radio show about uh, sounds from Ukraine and artists that make them. And uh, I'm 
Clemens Poole, and my co-host is Chola Tunstall-Behrens. Today we're talking to Anna Manankina, who is a media artist normally based in Kharkiv, I think, uh, but currently she's joining us from Karlsruhe, Germany, where she's uh, doing a residency. Um, I guess we will get right into it and uh, ask Anna to uh, uh, introduce herself and uh, kind of let us know what what that song was about and what uh, why why this is how we start off the show. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Anna Manankina, and I'm a media artist, originally from Kharkiv, Ukraine, and. Um, uh, mostly, I'm working with uh, moving images. I'm working with video, animation, and uh, 3D, and uh, also with uh, VR and AR technology. And um, uh, in my work, I uh, I usually work with topics of um, uh, gender-based violence and uh, position of women in social and uh, artistic. Um, contexts and uh, in uh, actually with also with the song uh, a lot of my works that I made during the last years they were based on um, on some small uh, sentimental things that are dear to me so it could be a part of the song or a part of the book that you uh, read while traveling so with with media art, I I found that that it's um, some kind of itinerary that can bring all uh, different mediums together. So I can uh, combine like text and audio and visuals and create the space where it all tells a specific um, story. So. Um, because of it, I, I like to base it on my own stories or the stories that touches me or the stories of my friends and uh, incorporate it all together. Uh, yes. Uh, so... Oh, I was going to say, is when you're talking about this, like merging these different mediums, is music is a part of that or are you usually thinking of sound more as like soundscapes for the spaces that you create with video or... Uh, sometimes it's um, like specific song, as in one of the projects that we will, I think, uh, talk about also. And uh, uh, so sometimes it's like an ambience or more like so sound art pieces that, that they use. And sometimes it's like specific songs. And uh, yeah, it it's different from project to project usually. Um, but um, with uh, uh, this song that we listened uh, in the beginning of uh, Jackson S. Frank, it's called uh, Milk and Honey. And um, I was listening to his, uh, he actually, I think, made one or two albums just in general, and his life was quite tragic because uh, when he was a kid, uh, when he was 15, uh, there were like some uh, fire uh, caused 
like accidentally in his school it was a uh, electricity uh somehow issue and there were like this actually the he's singing about this ball of fire so this ball of fire it, it was yeah like a, a firestorm that that were uh in just in seconds in their class so half of the class of the students he was um studying with they died and he got half of his body i think 60 percent was burned so he just like barely survived this thing so it's it influenced his life a lot and his life was quite um tragic in the sense and with his like and he, his uh music it's also like really it has this um it's highly influenced by this trauma this traumatic experience and also like um uh in in the in the track he's singing about the thing that i uh i had to leave her like and find another and i also fe feel like it's when you're leaving your home and you need to find like temporarily temporary home till like it's it's safe to go back so i don't know i was just a week ago sitting in my office i just listened to the album and start to uh, cry uh, and some sometimes it's like un uncontrollable when you see some news or something now it's kind of more manageable but you hear it and you have your kind of own narrative that you build over it and um also this thing uh where he's thinking um, about like that's how the seasons are changing and how it's like going on again and again. And I also like we felt the first days of war that it will end in a week or like in um, in two days. It is some kind of like cruel mistake or something. And now it's more than I think hundred hundred fifty days or now I think it's hundred. 60. I don't know. It's like everything is it, it just uh, spiraling, spiraling over this one day. And uh, uh, yeah, for him also, like the burning circle, the trauma, it's, it's, uh, it had like, it influenced his whole life in general. And um, mm. I was thinking to 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 work with this uh, song for the next project I'm developing in in that cam, but maybe I will use a piece of the of the song also. Yeah, so that's that was the the story um, behind of it more or less. Um, and since the war started, Anna, where have you been? Were you in? Kharkiv, if I said it rightly, before you were in Germany? Actually, I was um, in Kiev when the war started. And um, on 22nd of February, I had a residency planned in Mariupol. i never been to Mariupol. And um, there were an open call for stereology residency. It was organized by Platforma 2 in Mariupol. And... Um, they're mostly working with um, with kids and with teenagers, so they are not only like exhibiting art or doing art projects, but they're one of their main focus things were to to develop a culture locally and um, to educate uh, 
people and to show like especially uh teenagers like uh, different uh, mediums they were they had like dj dj in school they they had like art school and like different artists who were coming there but the main focus was to to interact with teenagers to make workshops with them and to make a project that with them together and uh, for this edition of stereologia there were it was planned that there would be also one uh, media artist uh, but one visual artist and one sound artist so i had to go with lena uh it's a sound artist from Kharkiv. what's yeah. what's her Lenushka is her nickname. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just um yeah, I can I can just send the links uh later. Okay, cool. Because my the surname is totally like dropped out of my mind. I don't want to mis mispronounce it. <laughs> yeah, so we had to make uh, also a uh like performance on eighth of March because I'm also working with uh, feministic topics and uh uh, yeah, for me this this was really interesting, and I wanted to to see the city also from the times when Donetsk were uh, occupied by by Russian military uh, in 2014, like the center, like the cultural center, and everything that was happening in Donetsk, it kind of moved to to Mariupol because it's the like area near Donetsk, so it became like the this eastern center in the sense yeah i was still in kiev we were discussing that i our plans and i had tickets and uh, last days i was uh, talking with my friends in kiev and they were like checking the news more precisely and everybody was saying to me that i should cancel this project or i should wait till it will be more clear how it will go on and i was talking with my with the organization that I had some doubts, but uh, they were sure that nothing would happen and the city is like super protected because it was like also the war like, attacks in 2017. So the city had like, uh, it was like in this risky area. So there were for sure more protection and troops, but uh, yeah, and uh, as we saw, like it wasn't enough. At, yeah, at the time. And um, yeah, I was just sitting in Kiev in my room and uh, I didn't even like like send the tickets back. I, I was thinking that I will go to the train. So I packed my suitcase. I was sitting in the kitchen and I was like, I can't. I'm just like, I feel that something bad would happen and I'm 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 really scared because before I was thinking like, no, no, it would be fine. Like, we will will go if something would would be, but as next days we were communicating, and I was considering that I will take new tickets and I will go there. Actually, on twenty twenty fourth, twenty fifth, when it will be more clear, and and it, I was in Kiev at my friend's place, and in the morning we, we woke up, yeah, because of the sounds of uh, explosions further away uh and but it yeah it wasn't close but it was i, I don't know i i thought that um uh someone actually is throwing the trash or the bottles like in in europe when people are like throwing this 
the, the, in the trash can with bottles. That it makes some like loud noise. So I don't know. I was half asleep. So I was thinking that it's someone throwing out the trash, and I'm too paranoid, and nothing's happening. But then it was like a couple of more explosions, and we we woke up and ran on the balcony, and there were sounds of uh, doors opening, all the doors in there like. Uh, I think there's like 15 floors or 20 floor apartment, like huge block apartment in Kiev. Uh, and uh, yeah, there were doors and people like screaming and and running and like sounds of, you know, these suitcases, like the small wheels on the suitcases and everybody is running and the cars also like driving, driving, driving. So it was like total panic. From the morning, I think people were like prepared that something would happen. They had all the because from the first explosions to the sounds of, of people running, there were like five minutes, I think. So yeah, and I was in Kiev for first four days because I couldn't understand how actually I can can uh, move and also going back to Kharkiv was uh, even more dangerous. Mm. So I stayed there in my friend's place. We moved also couple of times uh because it was it was tricky when you think like i'm staying in this area and there's like three blocks away like russian troops already like in the city like with tanks and i'm like that's that's crazy and you think like yeah i should move from this area and but you don't know what area is more safe or more kind of dangerous you you tried to, to check the news and kind of predicted, but like this, a lot of people, they moved out of the city. And then we, we saw the news like with uh, like Bucha, Borodinka, Gostomil and all the areas around the cities, like the, the horrific things that like Russian troops did there. And, um, but a lot of people moved because they thought like the center and the city, it would be more dangerous and the suburbs like around would be more safe. But it's it's like total chaos, and you never know like where where is the safest place. And so I just got got lucky somehow, and then I I managed I I moved to another I think on the left bank of the river, uh, also further away from the city, and and like by some miracle I I just uh my app with taxis worked because before it was impossible to find a taxi the metro was working still a little bit but um yeah no no cars and there were like last the driver said that it's his last order he went to the left bank because there were no not enough petrol in the i think on the right side of the city and uh, he had to like cross the bridge and wait in this huge line and uh yeah, he just got some, and he was like standing in line for like three hours. So yeah, his app was still working, and I I just yeah packed my stuff on during like two minutes, and and left, and he was driving me to the train station because I there were information about this evacuation trains, so um uh, he was driving me through some villages or like like different way because on the main way there were only two bridges that were working and uh two of them were, were wasn't working and there were like blog posts and everybody got checked so yeah it it was 
uh, yeah, quite like scary experience. You're like driving and and you don't know like what would happen, and if you like could even get like in the city, um, yeah. Was it you were going to the train station in Danica or like no, the main no, train main to the main train station yeah. because I knew that I checked that uh, when the trains are come coming and going, like uh, before I I tried to I check the tickets but there were none but then I I from a friend she said to me that they are going with her mom, uh but they didn't manage the time to to like go to the train because there were like huge crowds. But uh, yeah, there were also two days curfew, and it wasn't allowed to go out of the um, of the house or the flat because there were like some street fights, and yeah, like I I don't know exactly what what happened during this like two curfew days, but it was the law, so we stayed at home, and um, yeah, the next day when the curfew was was uh, uh, gone. Mm, I I was still thinking that I will stay in Kiev, but I was also talking with a friend of mine who's originally from Lugansk, and he moved to Kharkiv and then to Kiev, and he was like saying that if yeah, just by any chance the city got like surrounded or like occupied, it's uh, really hard to survive there, and uh, like you should go. And I was like, okay, because also I can mm, understand that I got some kind of privilege uh, in the sense that I'm doing like residencies in Europe during the last like four years, I think four or five years, if I'm right. And uh, uh, I, um, I have like, a lot of connections with the uh, different institutions and galleries and places and uh, cities so i can could go in even had some like a uh, chance to decide where where i can go so for a amazing gallery uh, in Kosice uh, called Chopa gallery uh we were working with them and uh, in 2020 uh, actually, when the uh, first wave of Corona started in in March, I arrived there. And uh, when I was uh, in February this year, when I was going on the evacuation train, I went to Uzgorod. And from there, I we like we were communicating with the gallery and they met me on the border between Uzgorod and Slovakia and helped me also like for uh, last like, days. And then I had uh, this uh, long road from Slovakia to Czechia, from Czechia to Berlin. And uh, in in Berlin, a friend of a friend, he offered me uh, his room because he was like traveling. And uh, I could stay there for two weeks and had to figure out what to do with my life during these two weeks. And uh, mm, I applied through Artist at Risk program and uh, they they are helping artists who who whose like countries are in like war state right now and uh, they're also helping artists i think from afghanistan from syria as well 
and um, they um, uh, basically connect you to the to the institution or you just write like a couple of places or a couple of countries where you you wish to go but also it's not guaranteed that you will go there but just uh, yeah if if you have some preferences so they connect me with ZKM and I'm I'm here uh, from end of March yeah it's an EU uh, artist at risk program like all of the EU or is it Germany specific or... all the all the EU I think yeah, all yeah. the EU yeah um, maybe I know it's nice if we listen to another piece of your work because I'd love to talk to you more about these residencies that you've been doing, as you said, over the last four years as well. Yeah, um, okay. Which one should we listen to? Um, I think uh, we can maybe listen to Come Come Wander with Me because it was the yeah the uh, the project made uh, like earlier, so it will be more I don't know chronologically. <laughs> logical he said come wander with me love come wander with me away from this sad world Thank you. 
Can you tell us a little bit about the track and where you developed it and what you what it what it's part of? Um yeah, this um uh the base of the track, it was a track Come Wonder with Me from the series Twilight Zone. It's a series from the 70s, like the quite surrealistic, interesting work. And um, uh, in, uh, in this work, I'm also, in a way, proposing to uh, come wander with me in a specific place in Kharkiv. Uh, so this um, work is actually connected of uh, two pieces. There's a, a video uh, with this uh, soundtrack, and also there's um, um, uh, prints and visual materials. They're like digital collages that I made. So uh, this um, in in this work, I'm actually I was um, uh, doing a research on the topic of um, uh, freedom of movement for for women and also like the different senses of uh, security and insecurity for women who's traveling alone in new uh, country and um, uh, during the research i was uh, taking the screenshots of different routes i was taking in different cities and uh, sometimes just don't have enough internet and the city is like new so you just need to remember some routes specifically to your house or from your house to the train station and um, um, I, I started this project in Austria uh, and uh, I was living in the really nice city Graz it's really small city beautiful with a lot of nature and it's quite safe also to walk there like when I was going from the train station at home like at two at night at three it was taking like 15 minutes and uh, it was always quite um, I, I felt quite okay there uh, but at, at the time I was also uh, I had some news from my friend who she was going uh, from work uh, to her house in 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 Kharkiv in one block area, and um, uh, she got attacked by some man, and he tried to strangle her, and actually like uh, broke her jaw, um, and uh, that's horrific. Like I I don't know what he tried to do, and I was I was thinking that we were like. Yeah, walking at night, almost the same evening. But she was even walking like at ten in the evening. So you, um, I don't know. For for me, it it was so uh, horrifying, and I was yeah really worried about her. And uh, I I thought about this work and uh, that I want to to. To tell about this like topic of, of uh, violence, and um, mm. also there uh, one of the uh, pieces of the video work. It's um, a specific, specific place called uh, Passionary Hill, 
and it's located in between like the central part and the more, more industrial part of Kharkiv, so near the main square. Uh, so in some sense, it's like a, a gateway and it's like this long passage covered with trees. Usually there weren't much people walking there. And um, uh, when I was a kid, I remember when I was walking this this uh, this uh, hill and uh, there were a small memorial, like wooden memorial with the, um, with words and uh, yeah, some plastic flowers. And uh, it said, like, in the year 1995, a girl, Lyudmila Tatarchenko, was killed there when she was uh, returning home. And her mother is still living nearby, and she repaints this phrase on the memorial every year. And uh, I wanted to make a digital memorial that's connected to a specific place and uh, connected to the specific story, because... Like now it's uh, one, uh, just one story. And when actually you you see the documentation and hear the stories from the occupied areas of Ukraine that got deoccupied by Ukrainian uh, forces and the things that they saw there, what happened after the uh, Russian soldiers were like staying in these places and how many unspeakable atrocities they made and now it's I, I just don't want for, for it to turn into statistics because one death of a person it's uh, already uh, tragic and it's the, the end for someone and for, for the family as well and there's like hundreds and hundreds of this uh, like violent like crimes and war crimes that uh, Russian uh, soldiers did um, in Ukrainian land, and um, I, I I think that it's all like should be like mentioned and remembered, and yeah, they they should be punished for this. Uh, so in uh, also I wanted to talk. There's two parts of this work. And the second part, uh, it's um, uh, a college uh, based on the work I, I saw in um, uh, Art History Museum in Vienna. And it's a portrait of Lucrezia uh, by Lucas Krana. And um, in this uh, picture, uh, Lucrezia is, um, when, I, when I saw it in the museum, I was quite surprised because she's like holding a knife and she's uh, cutting herself like she's putting a knife in her heart. So I, I read the story and uh, according to this plot from ancient history, the the royal son, uh, Tarquinius, uh, he threatened her and raped her. And when Lucrezia's husband turned back from uh uh, from uh, war, she told everything to to him and uh, stabbed herself to death in front of him. So it was like, in a sense, in in Roman history, she was like archetypical model of purity in valor. And uh, uh, I was thinking about it in in a sense of um, this still present phenomenon in the victimology and it's uh, 
I think also uh, uh, the worst things that Soviet Union <laughs> left to us is also the thing with victim blaming and the how these cases are perceived or if you got attacked what the in the police what uh, the uh, what they ask you like where you were walking how you were dressed like and all these things but there usually no specific reason for this like just the the main uh, uh, thing like it, it should be on the perpetrator of the violence and not the victim of the violence, but it's the, the thing that um, people tend to find some logic in this, like logical connection that something happened because you made it happen in the first place, but it's not always like this. And it, yeah, it just can happen because someone decided to, to like attack another person. So... Mm. Yeah, yeah. This is this thing that we we talked about when we we're talking about this work, um, like for for this other project we're working on that we want to include the work. Uh, I I felt like it was so powerful now because mm -hmm. it, it be, because of this strange metaphor extrapolated to the entire state, the way that uh, you know some Western politicians or people are like. Well, Ukraine was sort of provoking this by flirting with NATO, mm -hmm. and you know, and it's like this same enlarged version of this kind of victim blaming. Like, mm -hmm. it's I don't know. It, for me, that's that's how this. Even though the work is from twenty, wait, like two years ago, yeah, or three years ago. I think it's end of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Right. So it's like it, it's, but but it, I feel like, as you said, with this the way that this violence is now expressed and then this kind of bigger mm -hmm. idea that like Ukraine somehow not deserves it, but like it was coming because, you know, mm -hmm. like opening to the West and, you know, wanting to join the EU, wanting to join NATO. And this somehow means that Ukraine should expect this kind of treatment is like, it's something that's still present in the way that this mm -hmm. things are discussed mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting point because i had this also feeling that um uh there you ukraine was was like somehow perceived by by some like western like politicians as some uh, the country without any subjectivity so it's like an object no object of for like a resourcery or as Asa uh, ba she said it in her article, like a really great article on the flux called uh, No Milk, No Love. And yeah, she was referencing to the thing that also Ukraine was perceived as some kind of breadbasket, a place of, of resources. So the people there were also kind of uh, connected to this uh, a resourcery kind of perception so but it's like totally um you know the uh, deep complicated topic also like uh that we can also discuss but this uh yeah thing with the with the subjectivity and that there's a specific yeah 
state, uh, yeah, sp specific country with their like own borders, and it's uh, also uh, really uh, hard to to explain sometimes, but to, worth mentioning that there is, um, yeah, some some will and uh, some right to the country to be like in their like own territory and not giving parts of the territory because we have like a delusional neighbor that just wants it and that's it's not how things work now but apparently for for some countries it can be like <laughs> uh, I, I i don't i don't know how how to to explain this because i'm i'm just getting too emotional <laughs> now <laughs> yeah Maybe um, I know we can listen to your second um, yeah. track, the one which is a text. Mm -hmm. It's in Ukrainian, as I understand, and maybe you can translate it for us after. І знову тіло ніч верзлося, біжу зацькований, мов звір, і слід кривавиться на росах, і піт рудий туманний зір. І знову бачу світ багряно, за мною полум'я і дим, гаряча загрява над станом, безправ'я над добром моїм. І знов ганьбі стріваю ранок, І ліс мені, мов звірю кліть, Та прийде день мій невблаганно, Ще мить, ще мить. Ще міти у грудях, Ще млять пальці, Ще млять руки, Черевики російських окупантів. Блищить сережка, Яку вирвали з вуха, Руками російських окупантів. Вони, Гвалтують і вбивають в Україні кожен день. Вони гвалтують і вбивають кожен день. Гвалт, 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 гвалт. Um, yeah, so what were you saying, Anna? Yeah, I can um, tell a little bit uh, about the project. Um, it's um, uh, audio recording that uh, uh, we made together like it's a group project initiated by secondary archive it's an archive of artist statements and uh, and the works of um, female ukrainian artists from uh, 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 central and eastern europe and this um, uh, audio piece it's a one minute recording that was uh, also on display and now on display in um, uh, Manifesta Pino in Pristina, um, Kosovo. And uh, this um, it's like a collective audio piece. There were also uh, artists from, like female artists from Ukraine, I think also from, from Czechia and Poland. And um, uh, this this audios, they, they are, uh, they were connected to to the the war and the reaction to to the war that happens uh, like in Ukraine right now. And um, these voices were um, like placed in um, different locations in in the in the gallery. So they were like spread like all over the place. So it's also like uh, given the the voice to the to to the female artists in the sense so and um, uh, the first part of the audio it's um, a poem by 
Oksana Latrinska. Uh, she's a Ukrainian writer, an artist, and sculpture. Sculpture, uh, sculpture. and um, she's originally from uh, uh, Ternopil area. And uh, in I think in the beginning of 20th century, uh, she uh, moved to to Czechia and uh, afterwards uh, uh, she uh, moved to America to Minnesota after the second I think second world war uh, and uh, she was uh, uh, living in immigration a lot from her I think 20s but uh, in her poetry it's highly influenced by by Ukrainian um, poetry and literature tradition and also there there's in her poems there's a lot of this um, topics of of nostalgia and like pain uh, and uh, like dreams of, of coming back to a home but but it was even more complicated at the time with the different visas and documents and she was she had her letters like to to uh i think her brother in germany to to just help her with the documents because she wanted to to go back but she managed to go to ukraine like two times before uh before she moved i think the last time before the second second world war and um, in um, in the text of the poem, she's telling that um, uh, she was dreaming the whole night that she's running like an animal, and her um, uh, and uh, there's um, uh, blood on the grass, and uh, um, yeah, it's sorry, the poetry is like really tricky to translate. <laughs> no Actually, and I just mm -hmm. I just try and uh, yeah to translate it from Ukrainian, mm. and uh, this that she's seeing the the redness in this world and there's like fire and smoke and something like there's a huge fire over um over her place and uh, someone is um vi violating her her like her house or or like just just taking it and um that's uh, uh but in the end there there's um uh also a notion that there like her day will come and i she just need to wait for one second and for next second yeah and the second second part of of the poetry um it's uh, just my um words and uh, and statement because like the the word shemit it's like still one second but shemit uh, or shemit in ukrainian if you combine these two words it's like something is uh, is in pain so it's like something is is in pain in the chest or something got kind of smashed so there's like also someone is smashing the hands and it's like the 
uh, booths of the Russian soldiers occupied, and there's a earring that's shining that just got turned apart from the ear by the hands of Russian occupants, and that they're raping and killing in Ukraine every day, and they're raping and killing Ukraine every day, and uh, the uh, rape, 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 rape is going on like in the end so yeah with this uh, uh, work um, like it could be anything and then in the beginning I was recording it in uh, in the audio studio and that came and uh, you in, in May when it happened there were also a part when it's it continues that it's just like 41 day like one day but at the time it was 41 day when i was recording this day and now it's more than 150 days it's like yeah just just going on and um, uh you also when i was preparing this uh, like audio piece and doing the research you have the feeling that like words are not enough or you don't have specific words uh, to tell about it and uh, I I just decided that I don't want to con conceptualize it in a sense and just just I want to tell like straight ahead what's what's happening and how I feel about it and in the beginning you were just feeling that you want to scream for a minute in the microphone and that's it and uh, but then I just want to to yeah put it in some words and uh, yeah tell about things what happen what what's happening and um, also want to to kind of uh, continue this this uh, uh, narrative with this uh, the poetry by Oksana Litorinska because also I have this kind of feeling that you. Like I miss my home, and I'm living in in the beautiful, amazing place, and working in the amazing institution, and everybody is helping a lot. But still, you have um, a feeling that you are not home, and you're temporarily somewhere, and uh, you're you want to go back. And uh, I had residencies before I was like uh, living in Poland for half a year uh, in 2021. And um, I never, like, I never felt it that much. You, you have some homesickness, but you know always that you will go back. And I, I don't know when I will go back to Kharkiv because it's it's in the east and it's really close to uh, Russian border and also to the, you know, zero point of uh, fights that's happening right now. So... Yeah, you you just kind of thinking that it will happen someday, but you 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 don't want to expect something, but also you don't want to get like get used to some some specific place because nowhere you feel at home. Like your body is safe physically, but you're you're just just not not a part of the place and uh, that's the worst thing because usually it's uh, 
just like if you go you go on the residency and you feel like it's your kind of temporarily like your home but now you you don't don't feel it and um, you have the feeling that you like in the Jackson as Frank song that you will always need to move and that I like I will leave her I will leave this place and I'll find another place and another place but I will never be home somehow and uh, yeah I had this kind of feeling to it Anna I feel like through listening to you and hearing some of your work you're an incredible storyteller um, and I think uh, it's amazing that with like media art, you're able to tell these stories with a combination of different medi mediums, as you described it earlier. I think it's so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it feels like very perfect for you that depending on the story, it needs to take a different flavor or a different taste to it. And that you're able to do that in your practice. Thank you. We've got one more, we've got one more track to play before the end of a song that you've been listening to. But before that, we always ask our guests to, um, uh, if they have any links of um, places where people can donate to. I'm wondering if you, um, to do with the war and what's going on in Ukraine. So if you mm -hmm. had any suggestions and we'll then upload it with the episode when it, uh, after we broadcast it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's like you, United 24 official uh, uh, website launched by President of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky. And um, uh, these funds donated there, they they could be or they will be transferred to official accounts of National Bank of Ukraine and they will be allocated by the ministries to cover the pressing needs and you can decide what you to what thing you want to donate, if it's like defense and the mining or medical aid or rebuilding Ukraine after the war. So it's one of the uh, main uh, things, but I can also send other links as well. Amazing. Thank you. And I wish we had longer to talk. I have so many more questions that I'm like interested yeah. to ask yeah. you. Clemens, I'm sure are the same. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, but uh, yeah, I agree with Chola. This, the way that you communicated this uh, and kind of narrated your story was really powerful for me. So thank you thank for you. that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your stories. Um, and maybe you can say why you've chosen um, you've chosen White Room by Cream and maybe just what it means for you and then we'll play it. Um, lately, I'm I'm listening to a lot of this music from 60s and 70s. Uh, it was one of the last tracks I was I was listening to, and um, yeah, also it's uh, about like leaving someone and moving alone and like when uh you're waiting to like on on the on the uh, train station and uh, like running somewhere so it's also in the sense like but you're always like moving and on the road and i i just like this mm, the song is like resonating with the feelings that i have lately a lot Thank you again, Anna, and um, yeah, I look forward to carrying on chatting with you.
curtains near the station. Black roof country, no gold pavements, tired starlings. Silver horses, run down moonbeams in your dark This is sounds from Ukraine now. Zvuk is Ukraine is